Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Broadcasted live. Hey! Hey! Who wants to have some fun? There are balls coming from all over the place. Left field, center field, right field. See, this, this is the kind of thing, quite honestly, right now, that makes you want to see the Chicago Cubs team lose. Now, are you just saying you want to have fun, or do you really want to have fun? It'll be fun. Will the next person that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, or get them out of here? You don't live in Cleveland. Get in You talking to me? You talking to me? That is the farthest thing in the universe from the truth. Hello, everyone, live. It's the Dan Scott Show. And right there is your host, Dan Scott. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the show. I am Dan Scott. Good to have you along for the ride here on uh, this new week coming off of uh, what week? Number three of college football in full swing and a lot of storylines that are beginning to really develop and take shape now. And we're going to dive into some of those storylines in our first segment here today. Kind of shaking things up a little bit. Dave Glenn, along with Cobb Oxford, will be with me in segment number one. And we'll talk about the Atlantic Coast Conference and some of the other big picture storylines in college football, get Cobb's viewpoint of what it was like at Clemson, the weather and hour and 56-minute weather delay, and then to see the Tigers have to do what they did to remain undefeated and continue to struggle mightily on the offensive end. We'll talk about that with Cobb and Dave, among other things here in just a bit. But in the second half of the show today, uh, an interview with a guy that I haven't talked to in a long time. He used to be a regular on the old radio show, Brandon Bennett, the former South Carolina running back, spent 10 years in the NFL, almost all of that with the Cincinnati Bengals. Just got a chance to catch up with him, and, man, did we have a great conversation about his relationship now with his son, Braden, who is a redshirt freshman running back at nationally ranked Coastal Carolina, and how that relationship has grown and changed over the course of Braden's young life. And then also something that I think you're going to want to listen to in in the final three or four minutes of the show today in that interview. When unprompted, Brandon got into how young athletes of any color should carry themselves, how they should dress, how they should talk, who they should surround themselves with. And – He's an African-American. I am as Caucasian as you can get, and you will hear him say in this interview that, and and I think I'm quoting this right, you and I can talk any color. He said that to me. This is advice. This is a soapbox moment that crosses all racial and cultural backgrounds, and it comes from a guy that I respect uh, as much as anybody in this business. So you're not going to want to miss that coming up in the second half of the show today. 
Uh, the uh, podcast version is brought to you by Todaro Pizza on Markley Street in downtown Greenville. Bucket list pizza. If you've never had it, you're coming into the area for the first time. Put that on your list of food that you have to have. The lunchtime buffet is open again from Sunday through Friday at lunch. You can get all-you-can-eat pizza, salad, the whole thing for 8 bucks, nine fifty with drink, and that is a discount off the regular drink price as well. And Dollar Slice Night is back, 6 p.m. moving forward on Wednesdays. So you can check out Todaro Pizza. The Clemson location is open again for in-store dining. Good to have them back. TodaroPizza.com, Todaro Pizza Greenville on Facebook. Thanks to John and the folks there for continuing to support what we do here. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back, and we'll get right into it. Dave Glenn, Cobb Oxford, up next as the Dan Scott Show gets rolling right after this. When it's time for a new mortgage or refinance, finding someone with a proven track record of both success and customer service can be an issue. Scott Fowler of Guaranteed Rate is the solution to both problems. Scott has helped thousands of clients achieve their home ownership dreams for over two decades and has been recognized as a top 1% originator in the U.S. by both Mortgage Executive Magazine and Scotsman Guide. And about that customer service, 96% of Scott's customers say they would use him again. Take advantage of the incredibly low finance rates while you can. Let Scott and his team guide you through the process start to finish. Call today, 864-915-8779. Again, that's 864-915-8779. Or find out much more online at www.rate.com slash Scott Fowler. Scott Fowler and Guaranteed Rate. The power of choice is a game changer in any walk of life, and insurance coverage is no different. Dana McMahon and Goosehead Insurance give you that power. With over 80 insurance carriers to shop, Dana finds the best coverage at the best price. How successful is he? Goosehead's client loyalty score is more than double that of traditional agencies, and the local agency in Taylor's has a 97.8% customer satisfaction rating. Goosehead specializes in home and auto insurance, but offers all lines of personal coverage. And Goosehead's cutting-edge technology speeds up the quote process. Find out how much you can save on insurance today. Call Dana McMahon at Goosehead Insurance, 864-626-6745. That's 864-626-6745. Or visit www.goosehead.com. That's Dana McMahon and Goosehead Insurance. Every sports fan's goal should be make it to the Hall of Fame. Well, we have you covered with Hall of Fame Sports Grill at 531 Wade Hampton Boulevard in Greenville. Known for their great food and fantastic daily specials, Hall of Fame has you covered with all the game action on their 30 televisions. Plus weekly events like Tuesday night's bar trivia for dummies, Wednesday night's music bingo, Thursday night's dirty bingo, and karaoke with Fred Rock every Friday. That's 531 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Hall of Fame Sports Grill.com. Right, we are back and just getting things cranked up on this edition of the Dan Scott Show. Good to have you along with us again coming up in the second half of the show. An incredible conversation with former Gamecock and Cincinnati Bengals running back Brandon Bennett, and it's much more about life than it is about sports. You're not going to want to miss this conversation coming up. You never want to miss 
the conversations that we have with uh, our next guest. First of all, Cobb Oxford is here, uh, but I, I think he knows that in this situation he is not the main attraction. The main attraction is the guy joining us. Where's his music? There it is. Dave Glenn, ACCSports.com, the founder of that, doing so many different things. Puts Cobb and I to shame, really, with his professional accomplishments. <laughs> we, 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 we bring Dave on to show what life can be in this business and also to keep ourselves humble. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Dan. Good to be with you as always. Thank you for the kind introduction. How are you, Mr. Second Banana? Uh, I'm uh, peeling. <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 a, not a peeling, right? Thanks, thanks for the warm introduction, Dan. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want you to think that I had changed. You know, that's that's the way it goes. Hey, um, I, but in a rarity, I am going to start with you, and then let Dave piggyback off of that because you were at Death Valley on Saturday, at least for a good portion of uh, what transpired before the hour and fifty-six minute weather delay. Um, your words to me before we started recording, if it's okay to quote you. Yes, quote me. It's the worst college football game you have ever witnessed in person. That mm-hmm. that seems a little strong. It was bad. It was really, really bad. Now that I'm obviously with that statement, I'm taking something away from Georgia Tech. They did a nice job. They defensively, they just uh, Clemson had eight possessions. And basically the offense was, I don't even know. It was not quite as dynamic as a Danny Ford offense. I mean, it was, if it hadn't been for Will Shipley, they wouldn't have any offense. Um, Between the guards and the sideways pass has been moved up about four or five yards. And that's basically it. Um, And Tech, played three-man front, nine, ten men, less than ten yards in the line of scrimmage all day long, and that was that. So basically we had a fight in a phone booth, and then we throw in a little lightning delay, and uh, then there was a onside kick with just a brilliant bounce that Tech recovered, and then probably on top of the worst college football game I've ever seen, the worst play call I've ever witnessed in football history. Um, Clemson makes a really nice goal line stand to save themselves, has the ball on the one-yard line, for some odd reason decides to try try and draw Tech offsides and takes a 12-inch penalty for delay of game with timeouts remaining, by the way, then lines up in a shotgun because, quote, that's what we do, then hands the ball off, then fumbles the ball in the end zone, Shipley fell on it for a safety, and they managed to to get out. But it was just the worst sequence I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, well, we don't get under center, and we don't, and I'm like, okay, I'd have called a timeout instead of draw, trying to draw them off sides, pull Uli Ungalele over the sideline, 
hey, let's take five or six snaps under center right quick because this is what we're going to do. You're going to take the snap. You're going to lean forward, game over. Um, I, it was just, it was unbelievable. I, I, I could not believe what I was witnessing. I, um, guys getting paid millions of dollars to do, and, and we've already seen this year, snaps rolled back from center. Uh, DJ has fumbled two or three snaps. I mean, I, you're just asking for it. So I, the whole day was just a, a total train wreck and Clemson managed to survive it. Dave? Yeah, I didn't see the whole game the way Cobb did. I was at the UVA-UNC matchup. But from afar, I think one thing we've done with Dabo Sweeney during his tenure with the Tigers is sometimes get to the point where we assume that even though there's a lot of change, because he's been stacking recruiting classes on top of one another and through other changes has still managed to have ACC champions and college football playoff squads. I think I know I'll, I'll just call myself out for this. I've gotten to the point where I assume the Tigers will figure it out the way Alabama figures it out. Mm -hmm. And both of those programs and not many others, when they send the all American running back to the NFL, they find the next one and the all American quarterback to the NFL, they find the next one or they lose an offensive coordinator. They find the next one. And it's not easy to be in that heavyweight category. And whereas Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers deserve credit for in many other years having really seamless transitions, it is not easy to lose Trevor Lawrence, even if you have a five-star DJ Uyangalale waiting in the wings. It is not easy to lose Travis Etienne, even if you have a very talented freshman in Will Shipley uh, as the next guy. It's not easy to leave, lose your offensive coordinator. I know Tony Elliott you know, had last year, but he had last year with one of the greatest running backs in ACC history and one of the better quarterbacks in college football, recent college football memory. So he's a relatively new offensive coordinator. You have a relatively new quarterback. You have a, a, a freshman running back. And you have, heck, there's a freshman starting on the Clemson offensive line. And I noticed that he had two false starts against Georgia Tech. It's not that there's not talent there. There still is. But the pieces are not fitting together very well. And I think it's a reminder to all of us that it's just not as easy as next man up in college football. Clemson does it better than anybody maybe not named Alabama. But it's still hard when you lose just program changing players and sometimes even assistant coaches. It's not mere coincidence to me that Brent Venables is still the defensive coordinator and has allowed continuity on that side of the ball. And anybody who just saw 14 to eight or whatever, they may not realize the Clemson Tigers are still a national championship team on one side of the ball. I mean, they haven't given up an offense. They haven't given up a touchdown to the opposing offense through three games. They're the only team in America that can say that. That's incredible. And, of course, that was the, what they leaned on, as they should have, to beat the Yellow Jackets. But you can't be a college football playoff team just leaning on your defense. We all know that. And that makes this trip to NC State this weekend um, maybe at least as dangerous as any road trip that the Tigers will take the rest of this season. Yeah, I saw NC State up close and personal on Saturday night uh, when Furman went up there and got beat 45-7. to seven. And 
you know, it, it's hard to tell when you're playing a Power Five against an FCS school uh, exactly how good NC State really is, and they're coming off of that 24-10 to 10 loss to, to Mississippi State the previous week. But I do know this. They've got some really good athletes. They've got some good skill position players. And, and despite losing two starters on defense the previous week, they do have a talented, deep defensive side of the football, and, and they're really good up front. So it, it'll be intriguing to see how – that dynamic plays out this Saturday uh, at Carter-Finley Stadium with Clemson going on the road for the second week of ACC play. Uh, it, I, I think we'll find out a lot more about both of those teams, really. I agree with you. And the reality is NC State on its trip to Mississippi State was really bad offensively. And that was surprising and disappointing. So going up against that elite Clemson defense, the Wolfpack's going to have to figure out a way to move the ball. It wouldn't surprise me if the pack was kept to a, a low point total by the Tigers. And that means, you know, it's going to be up to the Clemson offense to do better than what it has been doing. NC State losing Peyton Wilson, one of their best players on either side of the ball for the season with that uh, injury. I think that hurts a lot. It'll show up a lot more against the Tigers than it did against Furman. But when you look forward, I mean, the Tigers have to go to South Carolina. The Gamecocks are not very good this year. They have to go to Syracuse. The Orange are not very good this year. Um, Pitt is pretty solid. I know they just lost a non-conference game this weekend, but Pitt's dangerous, I would say. And Louisville's coming off a nice win over UCF. We'll see about the Cardinals. But the reason I circle this one in part is not just the caliber of the opponent. It's the timing of the opponent. I know Clemson's offensive coaches believe that as the weeks go by, Will Shipley gets better and smarter and less likely to fumble in his own end zone and better in pass protection. And uh, DJ will get better with his reads and his progressions and his timing. So the fact that this is coming in late September when those matchups against uh, Pitt and Louisville, for example, are in late October or early November, we all have seen the evolution of football teams. It's really, really hard to go from bad to good in seven days. It's hard. You can go from bad to good in a month and a half. So this is a dangerous trip for the Tigers, and obviously the Wolfpack is circling it as a Super Bowl-type opportunity. But Before we move on to something else, Kyle, let me ask you this, and then, Dave, you can weigh in on it. But a lot of the focus, fairly or unfairly, is always on the quarterback, and DJ Uyunglele is, is getting a lot of – of that focus right now, and that focus is not very positive. What happened to the guy who made the start at Notre Dame last year and threw for over 400 yards? Is it is it him? Is it play calling? Is it scheme? Is it a combination of not having Travis Etienne, who I don't recall having a huge game against the Irish in that start a year ago? What happened to that guy? Wow. I – I don't know how to answer that. I All I see is what I see, and I see somebody that, as we used to say, looks like Tarzan and plays like Jane. I mean, he he's just – it looks like there's a confidence issue. There's a – he's staring down receivers. He's, he's not letting the ball go. He's just – I don't know what it is, but it, but it, uh, but again, as Dave pointed out, it's not just him. He lost some playmakers around him. Um, 
but we keep hearing, well, you know, the receivers aren't running the right routes and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, you know what? We are late September and you guys had the spring and a full month in August. And this is, this is what we get. Um, Clemson, I, I saw a graphic this morning. They're like dead last in the ACC in all kinds of statistical categories. Uh, I think, what, eight plays over 20 yards in three games? Uh, it's not, I mean, they're not even on the, they're barely on the board. So, so I don't know what's going on, but it is a, uh, Dan, I would just say chickening out and taking a multiple choice test, all of the above. Um, you've got a quarterback <laughs> who's shaky. You've got um, total lack of creativity in play calling. Um, there's no, there's no motion. There's no bells and whistles. Uh, I think they only played five offensive linemen Saturday, I read. So um, there's a couple of guys on the sideline that actually played good against Georgia that people are saying, you know, why don't give them a chance. Um, but, again, Will Shipley, I, I think it's the real deal. And uh, um, uh, right now he's, he's the lone bright spot of that that mess um and talking about venables i mean venables has the exact opposite that elliot does venables finally inherited some experience i mean it's a unbelievably experienced group who probably think like him and talk like him and walk like him so i mean it's they're in a good spot there um barring any significant injuries but uh offensively i don't know if they'll it's going to be interesting to see what they try and figure out. Dave? You know, Dan, to extend Cobb's analogy there, if I were seated next to him and peeking over his shoulder while taking an exam, I, I would see that he circled the letter E, all of the above, and I'd steal his answer. Uh, but, let me, but let me just put this twist on it. Even if we agree the running backs are neither as good nor as experienced, right? The offensive line is not very good compared to other offensive lines. There is no superstar wide receiver the way there usually is at Clemson, at least for now. I'm still willing to lay, you know, roughly half the blame at the quarterback's feet. I could put it, I could put it as half DJ Uyangalale has not done the right things and half Okay, his supporting cast is down. There's been changes on the coaching staff. Uh, he's not getting as good blocking. But after watching Sam Howell at Carolina just this weekend put up almost 60 points on UVA, which is a really well-coached team, the number of times where if Sam Howell threw the ball three feet behind a guy, it would have been an eight-yard gain. But the fact that he hit the guy, I mean, in stride, like the size of his target was a shoebox and he hit the shoebox. And instead of it being eight yards, no exaggeration, it was 78 yards because the guy didn't have to hesitate. He didn't have to reach. He didn't have to dive, which in college football, obviously you're down when your knees hit the ground. There must have been four plays where Hal's accuracy was so perfect that they got either the touchdown or the huge play rather than the eight or 12 yard gain. And against Georgia tech, which absolutely as Cobb described earlier, I mean, you want to talk, 
you can't play more of a drop nine in college football than what the Yellow Jackets did. It was daring, daring them, the Tigers, mm-hmm. to, to show such accuracy and efficiency with the short passing game. Jeff Collins of Georgia Tech basically said, we don't believe you can do it that way. And his gamble paid off. They couldn't do it that way. So Trevor Lawrence was pretty good at the sex he plays, but he was also pretty darn good at carving you up with the short passing game. And DJ is not yet good at the latter. And until he gets better at it, the Tigers are going to struggle offensively. I think the only chance they've got, and my, my initial fix would be not go Chad Morris speed, but they've got to, they've got to pick up the tempo because that would cover up the offensive line issues a little bit, hit a little quicker, a little more surprise. Whether he can handle that or not, I don't know. But that seemed like to me when they run, when they run the stand up and look at stare at the sideline offense, as I call call it, it it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And um, uh, I just tempo to me right now would be the first move I'd try and make. And then after that, I have no idea because he's shown he has not shown any accuracy or touch. Dave Glenn. With us, Cobb Oxford is here as we continue on this edition of the Dan Scott Show. Let's move on with about five or six minutes left in this segment. Uh, Dave, one of the things that that you're looking at right now is is the fact that we're kind of seeing, even talking about Clemson struggling, still an extension of what we've seen in the Atlantic Coast Conference over the past number of years, and that's the Atlantic side is pretty good and the coastal side is struggling. Yeah, you're right, Dan. Virginia Tech obviously had put itself in a great position by beating the Tar Heels in week one. And I don't think they laid an egg at West Virginia, but they came back to earth and are knocked out of the top 25 by losing to the Mountaineers. Obviously, that game does not impact their desire to win the division and get to Charlotte because it's a non-conference game. So I still think the Hokies are a part of the mix. I still think the Tar Heels are pretty good. But in the in the Atlantic, We'll see about Clemson, obviously, but I do, I mean, Wake Forest, we thought would be good and the Deeks are three and oh, and not only beat Florida state, but trounced Florida state, Boston college, we thought would be good. And the Eagles are good. They're three and oh, now they did lose their starting quarterback, Phil Dracovic a week ago. So we'll see how that plays out when the competition gets a little bit tougher, but Louisville just had a nice win this weekend over UCF. So maybe Scott Satterfield's team is making some strides. So, yeah, it is – it's a little bit lopsided as I see it. Uh, Syracuse is not very good. Florida State is not very good. Uh, But those other five teams, I think, are are solid to, you know, a chance to be very good in in the case of Clemson if they can get their offense going. Um, On the other side, I mean, it's it's the Hokies and the Tar Heels, and I'm not sure what else it is because, you know – Miami has looked horrible, and now De'Eric King is hurt. Pitt just lost to Western Michigan. Virginia just got killed by the Tar Heels. Georgia Tech lost to Northern Illinois earlier this year, uh, and Duke lost to Charlotte earlier this year. So I don't see much beyond the Hokies and the Tar Heels on that side, and at least for now, you know, the Hokies have the advantage because they beat the Tar Heels head-to-head. Yeah, but Duke won the SAT Classic Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> hey, give the Devils credit. They beat Northwestern this weekend. 
they have bounced back from that ugly loss to Charlotte. Uh, David Cutcliffe in year 14, you know, needs a good season, I think. And he does have his first-year quarterback, first-year starter, Gunnar Holmberg, playing well. Uh, I don't think they're very good defensively, but the Devils have had quarterback issues for a while, and I think they're a little bit better at that position now with the new guy. It's really hard to believe that Cutcliffe has been there 14 years. It is. And That's actually, if we, if we listed the longest tenures in ACC football history, I, he's in the top 10. I forget exactly where he is. But if you're somewhere 14 consecutive years, it's only a short handful, a small handful that have uh, longer tenures than you do. Yeah, especially in this day and age when coaches get fired two years into a five-year contract. <laughs> Correct. So, No doubt about it. Hey, Dave, tell everybody how they can follow more of what you do. Yeah, I'm contributing to a website nowadays called chapelboro.com. And I recently posted something about uh, the ACC network being on 19 of the 20 largest pay TV providers in the country. But two plus years after its launch, it is still not on the largest pay TV provider in the country, which is Comcast Xfinity which I know has many customers in the state of South Carolina, among other places. So uh, for a variety of reasons, those negotiations are coming to a head as we speak here in late September. Um, and if the ACC can get that deal done, it would, of course, upgrade the exposure of the ACC network. But there are some serious financial repercussions, meaning good ones, to fill the coffers of these ACC schools. Cause if you can reach another 19 or 20 million people with one more carriage deal with the, the uh, monster that is Comcast, that would be great news for the channel and great news for the league. And, and that's at chapelboro.com as we speak. And on, on Twitter, I'm at David Glenn show. If you want to find the other things I'm doing as well. Sounds good. As always, we will check that out. Thank you, Dave Cobb. Thank you. Good to see you two weeks in a row. It's almost a record. Yep. I know. I'm wearing out all welcome. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm fully expecting snow in Pendleton in oh, yeah, the, snow the next in couple of weeks. Shortly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. Brandon Bennett on the other side as the Dan Scott Show continues in just a moment. Hey, friends. Booty Cothran here, native of Greenville and eight-time competitor on NBC's American Ninja Warrior. And I want to tell you about Motive School of Movement, our new ninja and parkour gym right here in Greenville where we are teaching movement and functional fitness to people ages five and up and of every ability and skill level, and they're loving it. We've got families that work out together, kids that leave the gym sweating and tired who can't wait to come back. We've even got a 62-year-old member taking adult parkour classes. And if you've got a child who would enjoy a Ninja Warrior-themed birthday party, we're your place. Together with Brett and Grace Sims and Bob Reese, we've created Motive School of Movement in an incredible facility located just behind Haywood Mall on Webb Road. Stop by and see us in person or take a virtual tour at motivemovement.org. That's motivemovement.org. Or just search Motive School of Movement or call us at 864-775-4844. That's 864-775-4844. Is your roof leaking or damaged? Do your gutters need repaired? You can Google roofing companies until your computer overheats, or you can simply call the best, Bracken Roofing and Gutter. Whether it's roof replacement, new and remodel installation, roofing insurance claims, whatever your needs, Bracken Roofing and Gutter will simply do it right the first time. And the same goes for gutter screen installations. 
forget about balancing on ladders and cleaning your gutters. Let Bracken Roofing and Gutters screen them for you today. Listen, do not settle for subpar work. Get a free inspection today. Check out the reviews on Facebook. You'll see many satisfied customers, and they're all saying the same thing, that they're happy that they chose Bracken Roofing and Gutter. That's Bracken Roofing and Gutter. Call Kyle today at 864-704-5993. Dan Scott here for the Atlanta Bread Company. What do I like about Atlanta Bread? Well, too much to mention in a short commercial, but here are a few things. Bread baked daily fresh on site, a tremendous selection of soup, sandwiches, and salads, seasonal special additions to the menu, delicious hot coffee, and a bevy of other drink options, and yeah, can't forget about the baked sweet goodies. Dine in or carry out, and when you have the Atlanta Bread Company app, you can order and pay online, then breeze past the lines to the pickup counter to get your food. Experience it for yourself. That's the Atlanta Bread Company, Cherrydale Point in Greenville. Let me tell you something, Cowboy. This rookie can really bring the heat. He's smoky and spicy with a Chipotle style all his own. It's a new Montgomery Inn Chipotle barbecue sauce. Make it a part of your home team. Available now at your neighborhood grocer or online at CincyFavorites.com. show continuing looking forward to uh, being with you here again every week and i uh, hope you're enjoying what we've done our thanks again to dave glenn cobb oxford in the first segment shaking things up a little bit because i had a chance to spend some time with brandon bennett the former gamecock and cincinnati bengals running back on friday uh, for another show that i did and uh, the interview was was so good and not because of anything i had to say but uh, I felt the need to share it here. So we're going to do that now. Uh, take a listen to this conversation. And we, we started off, those of you who love Larry Munson and Bob Fulton, you're going to like the way this interview starts off. Here is my conversation with Brandon Bennett. We've got a guest on, but before we get to him, I want to play an audio clip of one of his greatest moments as a collegiate athlete, a football player at the University of South Carolina. Now, I'm going to tell you, somebody mashed this up. It's, it's the call of a two-play sequence, and it alternates in, in sequence between legendary broadcast voices Larry Munson of Georgia and Bob Fulton of the University of South Carolina. Take a listen to this. They're in that inverted wishbone, like a power eye thing. And Tannehill gives it to him. He dives, and we hit him and stop him short of the goal line. We tackle him on about the one or two foot line as Bennett leaps across the clock. 18, 17, 16. Lay down, you guys. 14, 13, 12. Lay down, 11, 10. Nine seconds. They line up in the power eye again. Five seconds. Get the ball to Bennett. He's on. I get chills, man. Our guest is that great <laughs> athlete who leaped over the top and broke our hearts. Brandon Bennett is joining us. How you doing, buddy? 
Man, I'm good. What's going on? Look, man, every time I hear that, boy, y'all take me somewhere, man. I love that. I love yeah. that. Does it make you want to strap them back on and go play again? Hey, you know what? I'm kind of old right now, but you know what? I I like thinking about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, are, are you in that stage of life, Brandon, where the older you get, the better you were? Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. You know what I mean? I think now that, I, you know, you just have the time to sit back and look and say, damn, bro, I used to do a little something. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> And not, and not that, hey, I want to go do that. You know, now you just look and say, hey, I, bro, I used to do them things, man. And now, now you have reached the stage where you've got a son playing college football at Coastal Carolina. How is that possible when you used to come and be on my old radio show all those years ago? I remember you showing me a video on your cell phone of one of his first ever rec league games when he was running rampant through all these little eight- and nine-year-old kids, and now he's playing at Coastal Carolina? That's just not possible. You know, it's crazy. Sometimes I look at it myself and I'm like, wow, you know, I'm old. You know what I mean? (laughs) But – but it's cool, man. It, it, it's cool because we sit there and, um, you know, we it, it's wild because, you know, you look at the Facebook stuff and all that or whatever, and you kind you of see those memories come up. And it's kind of awesome to sit there and see those things come up and then now see Braden down at Coastal and he's playing football and he's doing really good. You know, he's a redshirt down there and freshman. And, I mean, he's playing and he's making plays and, you know, it's wild because the conversations have totally changed from just us, Dad, if I score a touchdown, can we go to McDonald's? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, now it's, hey, Dad, you know, look, man, I can mess around and be on this ESPN if I do good enough, you know what I mean? So it's it's pretty cool, and, and just the maturity level now, the conversation of me and him and Dad, you know, now he wants to really talk to Dad and understand being a running back and the things that he needs to work on and, and – how do you read this, Dad, and how do you do that, and how do you handle these situations and talking to people and fans and signing autographs and different things? And, you know, because Braden is super chill. He's super quiet. You know, he's one of those kids that, you know, he could walk in the room and you never know he's there because he's just that laid back and, you, you know, you talk to him and he did a great job and he just likes, thank you. you know so he, he, so he's, he's, not, not, he's not like his dad, in other words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-uh. He, you know what? It's funny. He is so chill. You know, the way sometimes I have to say, Dad, I have to say, son, look here, bro. You just killed it, man. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's okay to say, hey, I did work today. You know, so it's good. He's humble, man, and he's at Coastal. And, and doing Coastal's, a, you know, they're doing a great job down there, great coaching staff. And he got a great group of running backs to learn learn with and through and and communicate with and, and everything or whatever. So it's, it's a good fit for him. I'm, I'm happy with, with what's going on there with him. It, you know, it, it, it's, it's really interesting because you and I had this conversation a little bit yesterday as we were setting this up. Uh, for, for any parent, and you don't know this until you get to that stage, but, but both of my daughters are grown now. My oldest is 31. My youngest is, is 25. She'll be 26. They both have children. They made me a grandfather, and I still don't understand <laughs> how, how that happened so quickly. But the conversations we have now obviously are very, very different than the ones when they were growing up. And there's something special about that, especially when they begin to see life through the same kind of eyes that you did and begin to understand, oh, that's why he made that kind of decision 
when I wanted to do this and he wouldn't let me because I might have killed myself. Those kind of conversations are fantastic. You get to take it to even another level because you've got a son who's playing Division I college football. You played Division I college football as well as an extended career in the NFL with the Cincinnati Bengals. So for Braden, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's gone from, hey, it's pretty cool. My dad was a college football player, and so I get all this attention because he was he did this and then the NFL, and I get a ride on his coattails, to now he's going through some of the same things, and you guys can take those conversations and, and, and share those kind of moments as father and son. You know, it, it really is pretty awesome because now, you know, I tell him, you know, I used to tell him all the time that, you know, I trained by myself, and he was like, why? I said, because I'm not going to ever let me down. You know what I mean? And I've always been scared to be that weak link, so I was going to work my butt off in the mix of that. And I'm a big visualizer, you know, so I'm like, hey, bro, I used to always visualize, you know, me doing things and being in certain situations and how would I handle it. You know, so when it came to game time, I visualized everything that could happen, so it slowed the game down. So now the conversations with him are exactly that. It's like, Dad, you know what? You know, I was just thinking about this, and we're running these plays, and this is what's going on, and that is going on, and whatever. He's like, and this is how I handle it. You know, so it, it is crazy. I'm playing devil's advocate with him to make him – I always tell him, look, I want you to feel – I want you to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You know what I mean? So anything comes at you, you're ready for it. You know, so – I come and say, he had just called me. They were just getting on the on the flight to head to, to Buffalo. They got Buffalo tomorrow. And he was just, like, going through the plays. You know, and I was like, okay, well, what about this defense? What are they running in this? And he's just like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, what about that? No, I can't do that right there because they're good inside, you know, so I have to be able to do this and that and the third. And it's just, you know, and he it's wild because – a lot of the stuff that he comes up with and we talk about now are things that I was talking to him about a long, long time ago. And I told him, you may not understand it now, but you will later. And, and that's what he's saying. Now. He said, Dad, I remember now when you used to tell me, that, hey, to read the first down lineman and wherever he goes, goes opposite, you know, opposite of him. You know, and now he's just like, dude, I just keep reading them. This guy goes past me, I go past him. I cut back, I cut back, I cut back, and then I end up on the outside on the other side, you know. So it's it's really cool to be able to talk to him now and for him to have the conversation and the intelligence to be able to ask me these questions instead of me saying, hey, what a, what type of defense and where is that guy lining up and what is he doing? He's like, uh, I, don't, I don't really know. Now he calls me and like, hey, Dad, they're in a 4-3 defense. You got safety over top, corners over there, short side of the field. He may blitz, so I got to make sure in protection I got to watch him and then release out in the routes, you know. So – it's, it's nice. It's, it's very, you know, it's very, you know, just nice to be able to talk to him and see that he, how far he's grown and the understanding he has and, you know, just why he's doing good, me understanding the why. Yeah. Now, now, are you, because of your pedigree, playing where you played, college, NFL, uh, are you quick to offer critiques of him after games or do you wait for him to come? Are you one of those dads? No, man. Let me tell you something. <laughs> it, it, you know, and, it, and it's, it's funny because, you know, and I told you this a long time ago, man, when back then when he was seven, eight, running around, Braden always calls me, you know, when we're talking sports, it's coach. You know what I mean? Because I always wanted him to separate, separate it so he didn't 
feel as though dad was punishing him at home and all of the whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So even now when we're out there and he comes off the field, it's a hug, it's a forehead kiss. And it's me reading him. I let him bring it out, you know, because the, the, the thing, the sad reality is your kid wants your approval. You know what I mean? So if you start pounding him about things that he did wrong or things that, you know, man, I think they should have did this or this should have happened, whatever, whatever, then you you could take their joy away. You know what I mean? And and I never want to do that. So with him, I'm always, hey, how you think he did? What's going on? You know, and he, Graydon always comes straight out and talks to me and all that way. And I know him, I'm his comfort zone, you mm-hmm. know? So with that, I always let him bring to to, to light of what he wants to talk about. And I'm never, I never, I'm never super negative. I don't talk about like coaches stuff. I don't say, Hey man, they, they should have did this, man. I can't believe them coaches, whatever, because with mine and his relationship, I know that that may reflect on how he sees them and the respect that he has for them. You know, you're talking to a preacher son here. I'm about ready to pass the plate and take up a collection. That's a model <laughs> for how a sports parent should be as we continue talking with Brandon Bennett, the former Gamecock and Cincinnati Bengals running back. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your Gamecock. Shane Beamer is 2-0. and Are they ready to build a statue to him down there in Columbia? <laughs> no, not yet. You know what I mean? But, but you know what? The thing about it is this, man. People are excited. The kids are responding. You know, um, I, see the, I see them working and trying to do what he's asking of them or whatever. You know what I mean? So, People are excited, you know, and, and like I said, I talked to the players down there, whatever. I was down for a track meet, and the players were just like, you know, hey, we feel different, you know what I mean? We feel as though, you know, we're moving in the right direction and things like that. And he's communicating with the kids, and he's interacting with the kids or whatever, and that's that's what's important, you know what I mean? Those guys got to feel as though – it's feel as though that he believes in them and what he said is gold, you know what I mean? Because this the thing is this, man – you get somebody to believe in you, especially as a football player, man, you get, or as, a, as an athlete, period, you believe in somebody, you're going to work your butt off to try to do everything possible to be successful. And that's what those guys are doing down there. You know what I mean? They're, they're trying to do everything possible to be able to be successful and, and to, to be thought of as, you know, like winners, man. You know, we've been struggling for a while. We've been struggling for a while, but, you know, these guys now, man, you're starting to see guys that are really trying to do the things that they need to do to be successful with studying film and, you know, doing more, staying after, working hard, trying to find out more that they can do, and, and that's big. Yeah, he, he definitely has made it a regular habit of what we call winning the press conference. He, right. he says all the right things, and the kids are responding. The, the reality is, though, that, that he's got a lot of work to do to rebuild that program down there, doesn't he? The, the talent definitely. level is not where it needs to be to even think about being successful consistently in the Southeastern Conference. Am I right? Yes. Oh, definitely. Well, I mean, and the thing is, is that, man, you've had a bunch of guys to exit the program. You've had, you know, <laughs> three different coaches in the last couple of years or whatever, you know. So it's going to take him a minute to be able to get the kids in there that, that can run the program. I, I mean, run in the system. Because I, I, realistically, I don't even know what system we're running right now. I think they're still trying to figure out what they have and what they can <laughs> muster together to be able to because of the bits and pieces that we had come in and they had to leave out, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, and I, I think that that's something that people need to understand is that when you're a coach and you have people, 
you know, you're just not getting in there. These kids got to learn you. You got to learn your program. You got to learn your kids. You got to learn, you know, what works in your conference. You know what I mean? So he has a lot that he has to do and try to work and figure out. And with that, I think that he's going to get the kids that are, are going to want to come in there and play some good, the good kids. Because well, the SEC is a, it's a great conference, man. You just got what, Texas moving to Oklahoma and moving there. I mean, you're going to, that's huge, bro. You know what I mean? So you're going to get people that want to come in there because they're going to want to play against the Alabamas, the Georgias, Floridas, Tennessees, you know, those type people. You know, so he'll get the guys. It's just a matter of, you know, when, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, how quickly he can he can just get those type guys in there. He starts getting them in there. I think that it's because uh, you look at our our facilities, man, we got beautiful facilities. You know what I mean? So we're not lacking in that area. It's just a matter of just getting the consistency of a coach that's going to be there to be able to get those guys to trust and believe. And, and I think that's a lot with winning South Carolina with recruiting and stuff. Visiting with Brandon Bennett, the former uh, Gamecock of Bengals running back. Before we let you go, for a guy who who did it at the highest level, uh, the, the Internet, especially social media, has made uh, everybody an expert when it comes to how to play the game and how to coach the game <laughs> and, and, and do everything else. How, how incredibly difficult and, and, and really unlikely is it not only to make the jump from high school to Division One college and be successful, but from D1 college – to the NFL because the percentage of players who really do that, it, it, the, the number is so minuscule that it, that it's ridiculous. And, and that's why you hear coaches all the time or people all the time, maybe not all coaches, but, but a lot of coaches, you know, get that education, take care of that business as well. Because the, the, the realistic, uh, the reality of it is that getting there, your chances of doing it are not good. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know what? It's funny because you know, with me, I'm talking to, I talk with kids regularly what I do, you know what I mean, with the sports training and stuff like that, and with my boys, you know, really, I, I talk to them, you know, and I tell them that right now you need to dress to where it's appealing to people. You need to talk intelligently. You need to surround yourself with people that are whom you want to, to want to be like, you know what I mean? And, and try to just, the words that come out your mouth need to be so intelligent that people want to see you be see you to be successful. They they want you to be successful, you know. Because the thing is that you know you're right, man. Sports is is tough, dude. It is tough, man. I've uh, been in the NFL, man. I've seen so many guys come and go through my ten years playing, and I felt bad for them because they were they had they didn't have the people in their corner to say, hey, you know what? Dress nice, speak right, get with this guy. You know, my mother used to always tell me, hey, if you're the smartest one in your group, Brandon. You need to get another group, and I feel bad for those guys. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it seems like I've heard that before. Uh, you know what I mean? So, yep. I mean, but you know, but with that, you know, I always tell my boys the same thing. I'm just like, look, man, you got to try to be intelligent. People, you know, when sports is over, whenever that is, whether it's high school, college, or pro, you know, people are going going to offer jobs and and you know do things, buy things from people whom they appreciate who they care about, who they like, who they think they're intelligent or whatever. Because now, you know, I, I was told when I got into the league, you are, you are your own corporation. So whatever you put out as your corporation is what people are going to either buy or they're going to pass on, mm-hmm. you know? So what are you going to, what are you going to put out here? So, you know, with my boys, with anybody I come into contact with, I always tell them, Hey, you know what? Think of that. Think about, 
you know, don't think, you know, my these little boys running out here with just looking bad in their clothes, you know, just different stuff, just looking crazy, what I had not done, whatever. And I'm any color. You know, man, you we talk any color. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you're mad because people judge you a certain way, but why wouldn't they when you're putting that perception out there that hey, you're a ghetto kid or you're, you know what I mean, an ignorant person or whatever? You know what I mean? So you need to put things out here that you want people to see and want people to think of you as an intelligent person. You know what I mean? So be intelligent. Dress intelligently. Dress they, nicely. They, they, got, they got names for everybody, whether it's ghetto or white trash or whatever it yes. is. But the, but, but the message that you are preaching, my friend, crosses all racial and cultural boundaries. Do the right thing. Take care of yourself. Surround yourself with the right people. It seems so simple, doesn't it? Man, let me tell you something. I grew up, man, and I'm telling you, man, my mom used to always say, you know what, ignorance don't have no color. And that's true. You know what I mean? And she used to always tell me, too, to always think of things Try to put yourself in that other person's shoes because you don't know where they came from. So you don't, if you don't know where they come from, came from, you don't know why they acting or doing or saying as they, as they are. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So, absolutely. You know, so with me, I don't judge anybody, you know what I mean? Off of what nobody says or whatever. And I interact with any and everybody and I give any and everybody probably to a fault, the benefit of the doubt, because I want to learn who they are. And sometimes I win and sometimes I lose. But you know what? I never lose because of me not giving an opportunity to somebody. And I'm good with that. I, I and, and that's what I tell my boys. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, color means nothing to me, man. I love everybody. You I'm going to take problem. up another collection. I'm, I'm going to pass the plate again. <laughs> Brandon, we, we got to catch up more often, my friend. It's been good talking Anytime. to you. We got to get to a break. Yes, sir. Anytime, my All man. Right. Anytime. I'll yell at you. I'm doing this again for a week in a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll get a chance to do this again. Yeah, hey, bro. Anytime, man. I appreciate it, man. Hey, go Cox and <laughs> hey, go Coastal Carolina. Everybody, let's go. <laughs> All right. That's Brandon Bennett, the former Gamecock and Cincinnati Bengals running back and proud father of Braden Bennett down at Coastal Carolina. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. I just uh, can't tell you how great it was to catch up with Brandon Bennett again, and it's not the last time you will hear from uh, that just incredible, incredible man. All right, to break we go, and we'll come back and put a wrap on this week's edition of the show right after this. Sometimes in life you simply need to treat yourself to the best, and every time you lift a refreshing soda from Hank's Beverages to your lips, you're simply already a winner. It doesn't matter if it's a root beer, orange cream, vanilla cream, black cherry, or grape soda. There's a reason Hank's Beverages has been known as Philly's best for well more than a decade. Find Hank's online at hanksbeverages.net or you can find their product here in the upstate at Ingalls Supermarkets, Lowe's Grocery Stores, and Harris Teeter. You might know that State Farm agent Ed Patterson has great service. He's your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates too? Yep, that's right. Along with good neighbor service, State Farm agent Ed Patterson has surprisingly great rates for everyone in Greenville. So call State Farm agent Ed Patterson at 864-322-0031 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. 
I want to take just a moment here to tell you about my friend chiropractor Brian Dooley in Pickens Family Chiropractic in downtown Pickens, South Carolina. He's been my chiropractor. I had some issues a number of years ago and went to him. He has the most modern technology, computerized posture and spinal scans. He took care of my issues. He will take care of yours as well. He's been serving the entire family with chiropractic services since 2007. To lead your best life, you need a healthy spine. Hit a home run for your health with chiropractic care from Brian Dooley and Pickens Family Chiropractic. You can find more at the website, PickensFamilyChiropractic.com, or call 864-898-3300. That's 864-898-3300. You can also schedule appointments online via the Facebook page, Pickens Family Chiropractic, LLC. Brian Dooley and Pickens Family Chiropractic. Tell them Dan Scott sent you. Treat yourself to one of the fastest-growing, most entertaining activities in the upstate with a visit to Craft Axe Throwing. From casual axe throwing to the World Axe Throwing League, Craft has it all right here in Greenville. Get in-house safety instruction, then claim a lane and start throwing today. League nights available for those who love to compete. Craft Axe Throwing, 1320 Hampton Boulevard in Greenville. Call 864-301-6032 or visit craftaxethrowing.com. Sometimes cleaning up the neighborhood begins at home. When it does, call on Shane's Powerhouse Washing. Shane's is a family-owned business which prides itself on being on time and doing the job right the first time. Residential or commercial, home, business, driveway, parking lot, decks, fences, even dumpster pads. If it needs cleaning, Shane's Powerhouse Washing will get it done. Also, ask about the handyman services available. Call today, 864-760-9184 or check out the website, www.shanespowerhousewashing.com. Final segment of our get-together here on this Monday, recording this on the 20th, playing back on WZLA on the afternoon of the 20th and on the podcast whenever you're listening to it. But thank you so much for tuning in and continuing to support what we are doing here. And from a podcast standpoint, getting back into the regular swing of things now. Uh, I uh, will tell you that we'll be back with you again next week and try to have the entire band back together, including Tom Van Hoy, Cobb, and Dave Glenn, all of us for uh, the the better portion of the show, and look forward to uh, continuing to have some fun, take a little bit of a different viewpoint of things than maybe you are accustomed to uh, getting and uh, doing all in our main goal to uh, find different ways to glorify Christ. And and in saying that, starting next week, the end of these things are going to have a little uh, devotion time with them. Nothing long, nothing uh, major, nothing too heavy, but we are going to to just share a little bit of our heart uh, every week with you in the final segment of the show starting next week. Look forward to hanging out with you. Thank you again for spending some time with us. The podcast version of this was brought to you by our friends at Todaro Pizza. And we'll be back with you again same time next week on WZLA. Stay tuned. You've got Lee Collins coming up next on WZLA in Abbeville, followed by the Erskine Football Coaches Show with Benji Greason. And on the podcast, you've got whatever it is you're going to listen to next. But until the next time, I'm Dan Scott. 
saying God bless you and so long, everybody.